Hampton. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Super Bowl week, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you as uh, both uh, 1460 and 1063 return to local programming for the next couple of hours, and we appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. At uh, the bottom of the hour or thereabouts, our friend Dave Sproul on uh, Iowa State. Uh, Dave will join us early prior to the Prome press conference. Uh, we'll get him in here at about 1030 or so. We'll recap the uh I guess we have to. Whooping. Uh, uh, the whooping uh, in Starkville. Uh, talk about the football program as well as the uh, they had a little bit of a staff shakeup. And preview the week for Iowa State as they will see West Virginia tomorrow. Six o'clock tip for that one. ESPN Plus, as I believe, is where the television is for that. Of course, the game's down the hall on 100.3, the bus. Uh, from there, we will go to uh, Brian Walton. We're going to get the Cardinals in here. Boy, they fleeced the uh, Colorado Rockies uh, this weekend uh, in one of the most lopsided trades that you're ever going to see a legitimate superstar perhaps hall of famer nolan arenado making his way to the cardinals for three minor league prospects oh and by the way the colorado rockies sweeten the pot by throwing in 50 million dollars which is just unbelievably uh I mean, we'll, we'll talk about more uh brian walton at, at 10 50 or thereabouts at 11.05 uh, nick athen will join us we'll get our first of many guests this week on the super bowl uh, you can read Nick's website, primetimesportstalk.com. It's a potpourri of, uh, of a whole bunch of teams, of a whole bunch of sports. Really well done over there. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic will uh, discuss the Hawkeyes. They fall to Illinois. Here comes Sparty tomorrow night before Ohio State, Indiana to complete the weekend, I want to say. Yes. I think that's yeah, right. You got it. Um, so we'll talk to Scott Dockerman coming up at about 11.25. Busy weekend, first non-football weekend. There were some major trades in both the NFL and MLB. Uh, a little mea culpa, I've got to uh, admit that I was dead wrong on... Um, my distaste for uh, the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and I don't need to see it in the end of January. China was pretty entertaining. You, you liked it, huh? Uh, still... Maybe likes a little over the top, but we saw two really good games. I mean, Alabama, Oklahoma, LSU, and Texas Tech were, I thought, terrific, entertaining. Even Oklahoma State and Arkansas. Uh, with Cunningham playing, getting mm-hmm. back on the floor was entertaining. Yeah, I did. I mean, it was there was... I mean, the Hawks played the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake didn't play until Sunday. Not that it would have mattered to me, because for the life of me, I cannot figure out ESPN3. Um, but yeah, it wasn't bad. It, it, um, I didn't like the concept. I'd, like, I'd much rather see it you know, in December, because conference play is so much fun. But it was okay. It was, I found myself not reaching for the clicker. But there wasn't a whole lot else on either. Well, that's true. You know, the, the ACC is down. The Big Ten has staggered their games so much where it's not like you get a full Saturday of Big Ten games mm-hmm. anymore. They just spread everything out, right. and you're going to get something seemingly every day of the week. Including a Sunday night game, which I really love, although last night's wasn't much of a game. You know, this is normally the time, though, that I'd be watching a lot of ACC basketball. I can't. It's terrible. It's awful, It's isn't a it? terrible product. Yeah. Big East basketball. Unless Nova's playing, 
It's really hard. And Creighton yeah. Yeah. to a certain extent. But outside of that, I watched a little bit of Providence Georgetown on Saturday afternoon. It was ugly. Watched St. John's Marquette for a while. Yes, just bad basketball. There's a lot of bad basketball this year. That's been maybe <laughs> my biggest takeaway. College basketball this year, Gonzaga, Baylor, fun to watch. Yep. After that, there's a lot of yikes teams out there. A lot of conferences are, that are there. You know, there's a game tonight that's got my attention, a Big 12 game, the Big Monday game, uh, Oklahoma and Texas Tech going to do mm-hmm. two battle. And and those were two of the Big 12 teams that put one in the win column in the uh, uh, in the challenge against the SEC this week. So it wasn't bad. Look, Iowa State, Mississippi State, it was incredibly difficult to watch. It was really, really bad. I mean, really, really bad. This This Iowa State team, Trent, I just I don't you, you you hate to criticize them because it's just too easy. I feel bad for them. They need a payoff in the worst way, and I don't th- know if there's one coming. I mean, did I don't think did anybody score in double digits in the game? Oh boy, for I for Iowa State. I I'm think talking? Bolton got there, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did too. Yes, yeah. Bolton did. Bolton yeah. did for sure. Yeah, Bolton Bolton did. And, and Harris maybe, ended with eleven. And Harris ended with eleven. Okay, there you go. Yep. Um, yeah, Bolton was by far again the best player on on Iowa State. But they turned it over twenty one times. Trent, it's it's terrible. They don't have a point guard. No, it's terrible. It's a team, a bunch of a bunch of two or threes, and right, just it doesn't work. No. Now they're going to get guys back. It doesn't matter. Javon Johnson was playing well mm-hmm, okay. before the shutdown, mm-hmm. playing a lot better. But yeah, you're right. I, this isn't going to be a great elixir for this team. Where's the win? K-State's not rescheduled at this point. And I'm not even sure that's... A, look, they played pretty well in their game on Saturday. They did? Who do they have? Texas A&M. They had them on the ropes for a while uh, before the Aggies got them. But it's just... TCU took Mizzou to the brink. They did. Absolutely did. Missouri, that was a lot of points scored in that basketball yeah. game. 102-98. You have to be as hardcore to stick with that game. And... I guess it, and you're not sticking with it because you want to see if it's the worst school, loss in school history, but they were flirting with that. They were down 41 at one point. We Which is by the 39. record. Right. Back in, what was it, 1910 when they lost to Grinnell? Yeah, it's, it's like 41 back, points. Uh, the football team were going way back the last time they won the uh-huh. conference. And little did we know we'd be going way back in the way back machine for the, for, for the, for the worst loss in school history for Iowa State. It's not fun. You can't afford to um, fire Steve Prohm. You can't afford to keep him. You, you really can't because if you're looking at next season, and, and let's let's hope that you can have a full house, full house, that Hilton Coliseum can be filled to the rafters next basketball season. Well, if you bring back Steve Prohm, no, no buzz. Who's buying season tickets? For Nobody. That? Well, I should say, of course, it's a loyal fan base. But you get my point. Yes, there'll be there will be far fewer than there normally. But be. if it's let's and this is just a guess, say it's normally eight thousand, do you get half that? Mm, man. And what's the cost of doing business? So yes. uh, Jamie Pollard's got a decision to make, and he just it was, when was it? 2019. When did Alabama flirt? And I don't know how true it was, but there was the Alabama. When they got Nate Oates. Uh, so there you go. Yes, um, that was out there, and I think that's when Pollard extended him at that point. So mm-hmm. let's move on from Iowa State. Uh, the the uh, game on Friday night. So how did you do it? Did you were you able to get home without knowing what had happened? Probably not. I was not. So had the decision. All right, what do you do? All right, I'm my phone's blowing up. It's going crazy. All right, so just had it on on my phone. But I'm calling a game. I, I'm not catching anything. I'm not seeing anything. And just right. every once in a while, I'll see early on. All right, I was up six. All right, now it's tight again. And 
All right, went that way. So gets into a little after halftime when my game up at Ankeny, Ankeny Centennial finishes up. Well, from Ankeny to get back to West Des Moines, it's still, I mean, after tearing down equipment, include that in there, that's 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess I can sit here and watch the game or put on the mask, go over to bench warmers. Did you? That's what you did? I found a, found a spot in the corner by myself and, and watched the game uh, there. Is, Was there many people at the bench? There were. I, the bar was, you've been in there, probably oh, yeah, yeah. eight people. Maybe up there, okay, and a four, five, six table, something like that, were filled up. So yeah, I could find a, a spot by myself, which I was happy about, mm-hmm. and ordered myself a cold one and watched watched the game and hollered with a couple of Hawkeye fans. <laughs> nice at the end of that one too. There's an Italian restaurant moved in ne- next door. Oh to, really? To the bed. Yeah, we haven't eaten there yet, but I'm, I've been meaning to do so. Anyways, let's get back uh, to the game. Desomu was unbelievable in the first half. He, he is so quick, and they have no answer for him. Now they, they they clamped down on him. I think he had four second half points, but boy oh boy, the by far and away the best player uh, on the floor in in the first half was Desomu. They um, like I think college basketball. We lucked out. Just, I don't know what kind. If he's going to be a pro, I think he is. But I do too. Uh, he's certainly certainly better when uh, when he comes back and did what he did on Friday night. It was a fun game, Trent. It was a good basketball game. It didn't get as ch- not chippy, um, contentious. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. As maybe some thought it was going to be, but you know what? A game, a regular season Big Ten basketball game at the end of January that for the most part we spent, I don't know if we did every day last week talking about it, but mm-hmm. certainly if we might have missed one, but we didn't miss two. It was, it was as, there was as much hype for this game um, as we've seen in a long time. Maybe, and I was trying to think about it, maybe a big Monday, Kansas-Iowa State in the Hoiberg era. Right, yeah. Kind of had that big feel to it. But we just had a day. To kind of build right, up. Right, 100% right. You had the weekend, and there was probably a game Saturday that mm-hmm. you talked about last week. And with but, Iowa not playing for a that's week. That's just it. Just that kind of build up. Yep. It's going to be rare. We'll have to put that one uh-huh. in the memory bank when we're trying to think of that next big hype game. No doubt. How big and this one is. And it lived up to it, Trent. It lived yeah. up to it. It was entertaining. Uh, you know, disappointing that Garza was in the foul trouble that he was. I think there was only one of the foul, maybe the fourth one. Was kind of are you kidding me? Oh yeah, that was um, ugly. Yeah, that was the the other three. I, I have no problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, Wieskamp was terrific. Bohannon, I mean that's back to back disappointing games for him shooting wise. I think his second basket of the game came inside the final minute. Did it not? There was hardly any time mm-hmm. left when he hit his second three of the game. And the three that he got off could have got a better shot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, late there. Mm-hmm. He is really good. Late game situations, we've seen that all the way back yeah. to his freshman year. Right. That is the guy you want shooting that I think shot. So. Yep. I just don't think he got or the Frederick, best shot. And he wasn't dressed. <laughs> right. I don't think he could have got. He could no, have got a better shot. That was shot. a prayer. Yeah. That, that, that was a prayer. A prayer. Uh, I mean, he went the the entire last game and the first half of this uh, the game against Illinois without scoring. That's a slump, man. It is. That's uh, that's difficult to do. When, and Trent Frazier shut him down. And that was one of my concerns going into the and game. Frazier shot the ball pretty well. Which he hasn't. No. They, they got surprising performances. Frazier played his best offensive game of the year. Certainly shooting the basketball. Mm-hmm. He was as good as he's been. Corbello, who's been walking turnover disaster, he has eight assists in the game. It's just Did he finish with eight assists? Yeah. It, wow. Those kind of games that you look at, yes, the frustration. I get it. Game there for the taking. It's two consecutive losses, all that time leading into it, and the narrative that is out there 
oh, here comes the fade. It's going to happen again. Well, we're not talking yeah. about the end of the season. This is the no. middle of the Big Ten play. This is not the fade no. that happened in 2014 and 2016. This is something different. You lost two games. That happens. Uh-huh. That happens to most everybody mm-hmm. in college basketball and certainly in this Big Ten. And if you think this team is going to get through unscathed, if that was your expectation level coming into the year, then it was out of whack. It wasn't realistic. Some of that frustration it just kind of leaves me shaking my head. This was you. a tough loss. Yep, it was. It was a tough loss, but uh, it's unfortunate we won't see these two teams again unless they play in the Big Ten tournament, and there's a, there's a chance that they will. Big Ten at the top's tightening up. We don't know when Michigan's going to get back on the floor. I don't believe they're a one-loss basketball team. I don't. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that they're far and away the team, uh, the best team. I think Illinois looked like Illinois for the first time. I'll tell you a team that's got my attention, and I think you pointed them out last week. In fact, you might have... Um, gone on record, if not on our TV show, maybe did it on your app. What's Purdue to win the Big Ten? Didn't you pick Purdue? Didn't you I identify did. Purdue as, you know what? I think you're on something here. This These young freshmen on this Purdue basketball team, their light's starting to come on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be a pain in the you-know-what. Rutgers, seemingly, last couple, they've looked really good. Ohio State, who the Hawks will see on Thursday. I don't know what to make of the game yesterday against Michigan State. Michigan State got blown out historically bad loss uh, to Rutgers, then came back, and, and they were really never in the game against the Buckeyes yesterday afternoon. The Bucks are good. I don't know if they're better than Purdue. I don't know if they're better than Rutgers at this point. I'm, I haven't been on Wisconsin all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a dogfight. It's, it's it the Big Ten at the top. Who's going to survive? And now Michigan. And what's Purdue. Purdue, they were last week. Two weeks ago, they were twenty-five to one. Uh-huh. Then they were twenty to one last week. Now when I jumped are they aboard. fifteen now? I'm gonna have to open it up here, but it, that, those numbers got to be going. Yeah. The young guys are starting to figure I'll it out. I'll say. And we talk so much about the big man, the big Canadian, yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the season, Edie. but it's the other guys, it's it those other freshmen right. that are starting to play yeah. at a much higher level here. When Michigan gets back, and if they're going to try to get as many games in as possible, mm-hmm. their schedule, even without the Added games, if you will. The so games. So, who that they have missed. they missed that has uh, a pulse? I, got, I had it. Let me give me a moment. I'll find it. But right now, they still have to go with the games that are currently scheduled. Yeah. To Wisconsin, to Ohio State, to Indiana, and to Michigan State, along with home games with Iowa, Rutgers, and Illinois. Mm-hmm. Their postponements are at Penn State, home to Indiana, and at Northwestern. Penn State's playing well. Yeah, better, better. And Indiana's a tough team, depending mm-hmm. on what night you see them. That's t- there's the, a couple bigs losses give in Dickinson there, a trouble. Yes, they will. Look, Liam Robbins. If you think weeks Michigan's ago. getting through here, I don't. At sixteen and three, say they play nineteen. No way. No, I don't think so either. I'm with you. I think I they're going to so. have five losses. Mm-hmm. I still think five, that five losses. I think it's still that key number in the Big Ten. Look, and they've got some time, Trent, to make up a couple of these games. They've got one of those schedules where they've got a week off. Sunday the 21st, and they don't play again until Saturday. We can certainly squeeze one into there. Then they've got a Tuesday off between Indiana and uh, Iowa. Uh, Look, it's not the competitive balance-wise the best, maybe, to be squeezing another game in there. But you know what? Yeah, you play the cards you're dealt, and they they were dealt a shutdown, and they're going to have to make these games up. So everybody is. Yes, let's, let's look at look at Iowa's schedule this week. Purdue thirteen to one now. That is moved very quickly. Yeah, mm. uh, Michigan State up to a hundred to one now. 
This is to win the Big Ten Michigan tournament. State's not even going to make the tournament, Trent. The uh, the Izzo <sighs> run is over. You're calling they're, it over. That, you've seen them. They're 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 awful. they're awful. They're terrible. And if it wasn't Michigan State with Tom Izzo, right? I would absolutely with Sharpie be mm-hmm. crossing this team mm-hmm. off. It's still Tom Izzo. I know, but this year I got him with you. And, and maybe. Maybe I just have to see Iowa blow them out by 20 tomorrow. Uh-huh. And if that happens, then, okay, officially, let's cross them off. But there's just there's something about that guy. Mm. There's something about his team. No, I think the Hawks get well tomorrow night. I really do. They're that bad. I, uh, and uh, and I was coming in here smart in a little bit. Um, I, I think that they get well. I mean, I was lost two games in a row. I know that sounds... You know, a lot of teams lose two in a row, but this is a pretty good basketball team. They are not losing to Michigan State tomorrow night. This is a bad team. Um I don't know what Frederick's situation is going to be. There was chatter that he may be able to play uh, last Friday. Uh, he warmed up. Illinois. Yeah, he was on the floor, but I guess he was in street clothes, according to Leistakau, who was there. A lot of the Iowa media made it to that game. It was Good a big one. Yeah, absolutely was a big one. Uh, anyways. So blow blow them out, then... All is start to be right again. Because, well, then oh, here comes Ohio State, yes. and they, you know they they look pretty good. All right, let's do Drake real quick. I again, I can't get ESPN to three to work. I was told that maybe it's on Hulu, so I got excited because we have Hulu. Set myself up in time for the tip off or the Drake game, mm-hmm. and just almost threw my uh, the remote through the TV. And I and I don't want to do that because TVs are expensive. Um, I can't get it. I cannot figure out how to get this ESPN3 or the Hulu thing. Pay for ESPN+. Plus. Uh, they're not there. Uh, so I followed it on GameCast. <laughs> and it was, That's uh, how you did it. So help me out here because there was the, there's a couple of guys that were at the Nap Center yesterday. I don't yeah. know if you know them or not. Um, from the Action Network? Yes. Now, one of the guys is a recent graduate from the University of Iowa. He wrote for the Daily Iowan over there. Okay. Trying to make his way in the... The media world. Okay, and, and uh, I saw an interview at halftime, and one of them is talking about we. So I immediately shut it down. <laughs> you know, we just have to... Do, we, okay. Uh, but so is the Action Network actually apparently has correspondence in Iowa? Well, they have this guy who's an editor. So I, I gave him a follow on Twitter yesterday. Let me find his name. Pete Rudin is his name. Okay. He's an editor at the Action Network and, yeah, recent graduate from the University of Iowa. So... I guess he's living here. I guess would yeah. be the well, yeah. I mean, he so he's going to Iowa follow City. the. Uh, I mean, what, I, I think what, it was what's just the Action Network want to become. I think it was just the story, the gotcha. only undefeated against the spread team. Okay, left in the country. Yeah, that makes sense for so them. So that's yep. probably the reason for it because they were um, not only unbeaten, but they were yes. on that remarkable run uh, against the numbers. And gambling Twitter, there's been a lot of memes uh, and a lot of fun about Drake basketball. Now, boy, they hung on yesterday. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, they, hung on yesterday. So as I got back into it and really locked in the last few minutes of the, this was one. I think you could tell from the get go mm-hmm. that. Illinois State was ready, Mm -hmm. and it just had that feeling of, I think we've all seen this, with really good teams, teams that are exceeding expectations, and those games you show up in the gym, or the field, or the ice for your squads, it's just one of those days. It looked like it. Illinois State played way above their heads. Right, and and Drake could make shots save their life. They were four from 30. Four of 30 from three. Four of 30. And you survive. You're right. And you get the win. Absolutely. A loss and like Brody this, filed out in overtime. He did. Would have been devastating. But prior to that was 10 for 10 from the field. This is not hyperbolic. This is not because of the computer model, because of the net and the way it's set up. 
you lose this game at home to a team as bad as oh, Illinois State. Been a bad loss, Trent. Plummet bad, in the bad rankings. Loss. They went down. I think twelve. It might, might even been more than that. They took a big drop yesterday in the net, even with really the overtime victory. Huh. But a loss there or a loss tonight, that thing's going to go in quick. And that's what makes this run so difficult. It's fun talking about the MVC getting two bids, mm-hmm. how great it would be. But in order to get there, Drake doesn't have to be perfect. Loyola doesn't have to be perfect until they get there. But both of those teams probably can't afford more than one or two losses. I don't think so. Before they get... That's and, been the history. And you probably want to have that championship mm-hmm. game be Loyola versus Drake. Absolutely do. Absolutely. I, I saw some uh, some of the uh, uh, voters for the AP put their ballot on uh, on Twitter last night. Mm-hmm. There was Loyola. There were there were guys that were voting for Loyola and yeah. not Drake. Yes. Which kind of surprised me a little bit because one of them's unbeaten. Now we get that in two weeks, correct? Yes, two weeks at the Nap Center. Loyola makes an appearance. It was good to see... Uh, I mean, fans in the building mm-hmm. at the Nap Center. Harden's doing a nice job. Sean Roberts there. Oh, getting, was he there? Get the limited crowd pumped up. Yeah. What's <laughs> he doing? His sub season is back. That's great. I wish I could have seen that damn thing. Uh, <laughs> let's get Jeff in here. Then we'll give you the keyword. Uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State, bottom of the hour. Brian Walton on the Cardinals and the just absolute fleecing that they um, put over on the Colorado Rockies. Trent, they didn't need to trade him, they just could have. Uh, anyway. Yeah, $50 million on top of it. Here right. you go. And he's got an opt-out clause at the end of this year. So you keep him for the year. Keep him for the year. And then he opts out because he's not going to stay. It's going to be a bad baseball team. Or you go to him at the trade deadline. Would you opt out? you want to go to a contender? And you don't have to write the check for 50 And maybe you get more than three minor leaguers. We're not at the top of the Cardinals farm no, system no, by any means. Not an incredibly deep farm system either. We're not talking about... Prospects one, three, and five. No, we're talking about guys in the teens for Nolan Arana, who is if you've never seen him play, if you didn't watch a lot of Cardinal, uh, Colorado Rockies baseball, and you're a Cardinal fan, and you didn't see him last year because they stayed in the Central Division, and we met, you haven't seen him for a while. This guy is as gifted defensively as anybody in the league at third base. He makes some plays that the greats. I mean, if you're really old like me, like Brooks Robinson, going to that far uh, to his right into foul ground to make a play. Um, I mean, some of the all-time great third base, this is what this guy is. And he's got a good bat, and he loves the game. This is a huge pickup for the Redbirds. Instantly, if there was any discussion as to who the favorite's going to be in the National League Central, this guy's good enough, I believe, to elevate them right to the front of the pecking order. Jeff wants to chime in before we get to our break. Jeff, what's on your mind this morning? Well, I didn't want to talk about baseball, but, you know, the Cardinal move, that's just a nice, good poke for the Cubs fans. So I don't really want to talk that much into it, but, you know, the Cardinal fans just love to kind of just irk it to the Cubs a little bit more. A um, couple quick things on uh, hoops in Iowa. Drake, I, I take a different takeaway. You know, I know they didn't cover, and we always want to talk about the, the covers or who didn't cover, but they won a close game. When people are in foul trouble, they're going to get games like that come yeah. arts, come late, mm-hmm. possibly. So it's good to see them compete and work through adversity and win in overtime. Totally agree. Iowa State. Iowa State, guys, I, I don't know if you remember, I called back a month ago, and I told you Prom was in trouble. Mm-hmm. I told you that fans come next year are going to want to watch that product. Now, if you remember, I don't know what, the, I don't know what to do. I don't know if you keep Prom or not, but... Can't afford to. Can't afford to, but again, who are you going to bring in? Who are you going to sell? Yeah. That's a better coach than Prom. No. I don't know. Yep. Iowa. Here's the deal. 
and again, I'm kind of taking a different takeaway. Michigan State's bad. I get it. Now, you know, if we throw a line up there, nine, ten points, Michigan State has always had Iowa's number. Now, I'm not saying Iowa's going to lose, but I can see Michigan State playing really dirty basketball, kind of banging the board, uh, kind of, you know, hacking up Garza, making it look ugly. And I could see Iowa winning late, but not as not a blowout as maybe most people seem. So we'll see how it goes. They got three tough games this weekend. Yep. They got Ohio State Thursday, Indiana Indiana Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see how it goes. Guys, have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Brian. Jeff, appreciate the call. Look, Michigan State just doesn't have any guys. No, they, they can't That's shoot just it. just it. They don't have guys that can shoot. No. And, yeah, they're okay defensively. They're not at their level, though. They no. normally used to. Are their legs going to be back? This is going to be their third road game in less than a week. Mm-hmm. And now they come on the road again to Iowa City tomorrow. I think, yeah, it's just a bad basketball team. To Jeff's point, and I continue to hear this a lot about Iowa State, who are they going to get? Who can you get to come here? Well, it doesn't have to be a quote-unquote home run hire. It doesn't have to win the press box, press conference. Chris Beard. Did anybody know who Chris Beard was outside of the one win in the NCAA tournament? The guy, for my money, is the best coach, certainly under the age of 45, in college basketball. He's that good. The guy there's, in Alabama's pretty good, too. There's guys out there. There's a lot of guys out there that you can find. Yeah. Nico Bedved. See what he's doing at Colorado State? I know, State? Trent. It's a great point. You don't think he'd take a race, come back mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Well, the guy at Drake right now. DeVries? Yeah. I can coach some basketball. No, he was an assistant for two decades. By the way, did you see, uh, I think Petey wrote about this uh, in the register. Um, Arden's already working on the extension. Yeah. And good for him. I mean, Brian Harden's a very, very smart athletic director. He's done a great job over there. I'm a huge fan. Never met him. I'm a huge fan of what he does. Uh, let's do this. Uh, see if we can help somebody out. Another $1,000 slam dunk. Uh, text the keyword Money to 200, 200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. Money to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, we will uh, speak with Dave Sproul. we got some baseball conversation coming up later on. Uh, I guess today's the day that the players are supposed to respond to the owner's offer. Just real quick, did you see some of the... Uh, season starts last weekend in April. That's the proposal from mm-hmm. the owners. I think it's April the 28th, uh, 154 games. There would be some seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, expanded playoffs. Not sure what the, to, what the number of uh, playoff teams will be. I believe, was Universal DH on the table? Did I see that? Yeah, that's one of them that's been talked I about. I think so. Um, look, it certainly got my attention mm-hmm. and i hope that the players accept this but apparently they're not even interested in responding to them. they they're they are so put off by what they thought was an unfair offer i mean what do they want they, you know yeah. what they, you know what they're pitching about the pitchers that are preparing for spring training mm-hmm. in 3 weeks they've begun their preparation absolutely it's not fair to them to have to shut down for a couple of weeks and then crank it up. They're not cranking it up. At least, well, I guess I've never been a major league baseball pitcher, but I don't get the. I don't get the. Uh, it's not. Um, it doesn't seem likely that they're ready to go when they get to spring training, right? So I. That's that's what their. Uh, I guess one of their counterpoints is that the pitchers. This would be. This wouldn't be fair to the pitchers. Really, the contentiousness, the back and forth. Uh, we did this a lot in April and May. And June before they finally mm-hmm. got back on the field in late July. Let's hope not we're heading that down to another path right. like that because it was so ugly. And now a lot more people are invested. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, 
sports were very much in the back burner of most everybody's life. Now, for you and I, it was a little bit different, but for most everybody, eh, whatever. We'll figure it out when they play, they play. Mm-hmm. Now, people are ready for it. Yeah. If you're a baseball fan, and you're going to go through this again. But I can, you know what, as a baseball fan, we both are, I would say, relatively hardcore. If you have to give up a month, April's the month to give right. up, yeah. right? You got March Madness, you got the Masters, you got the NFL Draft. There's a lot of really big sporting events, and maybe the NFL Draft doesn't fit in with the other two, but it's the NFL. And if we get some more doubleheaders and. May and June, July, and, and sure. May just—it's warm in May. Yeah, you know, things right. are green in May. It's not brown. It's <laughs> looking at baseball. the ivy. Yeah, yeah. ten thirty. Miller and Condon. Dave Sproul next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and Owen one like family. Oh, Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and Owen one hundred six point three. The FM dial 1035 on a Monday. Brian Walton coming up on the Cardinals. Sounds like maybe your twins, and I think Dave Sprouse twins too, yes. are uh, on the cusp of Nelson Cruz, maybe? Fingers crossed? Let's hope. I read that in The Athletic yesterday about from the um, the Twins beat writer, so we'll see. Dave Sprouse joins the program. That would work for you, right, Dave Sprouse? Nelson Cruz back for another year? I would take that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, Dave, uh, we're going to get into the football program, some shuffling around on, uh, on Campbell's staff. I want to, you know, get your opinion on what that means. Uh, but let's start with the basketball. They'll play tomorrow night. West Virginia, uh, makes an appearance. That game was good when they played, um, you know, earlier in the season. But boy, uh, the SEC and the Big 12 had some really good competitive basketball games, uh, on Saturday. This one was not one of them, Dave. It was, uh, close to being an historically bad loss uh, was 41 points, apparently the worst loss uh, in program history. Uh, they cut it to 39, and thankfully the game came to an end, and they didn't beat that mark. It was a tough watch, Dave. Yeah, and, and I think the toughest part is not just, you know, knowing that they were undermanned and they were out with three uh, out of three, without three starters, pardon me, and, you know, relying on some guys that, didn't get a lot of playing time before, and, you know, it was all probably disjointed because, again, they're still, you know, not at full strength in terms of practice even on a day-to-day basis. But there's some really basic things that you need to see out of a team that just weren't there. And I, I hate to say hustle was missing. I mean, not for the full 40 minutes, but there were some stretches there where they weren't getting back on defense. They weren't, you know, getting up the floor in a, a timely manner, so to speak. And it's just looked like in a lot of ways that team was not prepared to play and was not mentally in that game in a way that you should be, whether you're the first guy uh, on the bench or or the last guy off the bench. You should expect everybody to know that you need to get back on defense, that you need to get up and down the floor and, and, and work your butt off from start to finish, and that was not the kind of team you saw there on Saturday. You know, Rasir Bolton is playing out of position, but the guy, he is one of those guys that seems to be working mm-hmm. hard. He's yep. out there given the full effort. It doesn't look like there's going to be certainly a payoff this year. He came from Penn State. He came to a program he thought was going to be a place that you go into your perennial NCAA tournament contender. That's not the case. With college basketball the way it is, what you know about Rasier, could you see him looking for another option for his final season of college eligibility? That's a really good question. I think, uh, like you said, he is probably the exception of the rule of what I was talking about mm-hmm. for Saturday. He is one guy who really does seem to be keeping his head in the game and keeping, you know, he's working hard every minute that he's on the floor and 
Uh, thank goodness for that because it it feels like he might be one of the few watchable guys that the Iowa State has available right now. Uh, it's really hard to say. I mean, he's already transferred once, but I don't know if that necessarily means, you know, that uh, he's a guy who's bouncing around looking for a winner. Uh, it didn't come out at the time he transferred, but he talked about it later, uh, the fact that uh, he was kind of on the receiving end of some racist taunts, it, it felt like, you know, at Penn State that had a lot to do with why he, he left. And, you know, why he choose Iowa State is the same reason any transfer or recruit would choose Iowa State is because you feel like you have a good relationship with the coach and you have a good feel of what the program is about in the fan base. Well, if that changes, if there is a coaching change, uh, how does that affect the calculus of whether you want to come back for another year or go somewhere else and try to make the best of it somewhere? And, and keep in mind, he does have, a, you know, two years of eligibility left, so he can go somewhere, mm-hmm. yep. probably play right away and still have two years to play if he wants. Uh, so that that all factors into the decision. So it wouldn't be totally surprising either way. My guess, if I if I had to guess right now, I'd probably lean towards him staying. But I really uh, can't speak with a lot of certainty there at all. Yeah, how does George Condit not take a shot? I mean, he's six foot ten. <laughs> he's six foot ten. Got to be able to get the ball into him. But too. that's just it, right? Yeah. I mean, how can you, you don't have, have a point? <laughs> but somebody's got to get him the ball, and he was fouled. I'm thinking. I remember one occasion, not vividly, but. Um, were you trying to erase the whole memories of that game? Is no. that what it was? <laughs> it was? It was difficult to watch, Dave Sproul, and I keep coming back to that. Look, there was a there was a there was a moment in the first half of the basketball game. I think it was Walker. It was Walker. He missed his shot. He followed his shot. Um, offensive rebound and an and one situation. You're thinking to yourself, "All right, there's a little glimpse. Maybe he can build on this, and um, you know, maybe he can take a step forward in the game." They never made another shot for the rest of the game. That he was done at that point. It's just, where's the hope, Dave? Where's the hope? Get ex- how do you get a Cyclone fans excited? I can't. I, I've given up on that. I really don't know oh. what to tell you to make you excited. You're either in or you're out at this point, and. Uh, I don't think a lot of you're not going to get more people buying in at this point. You're probably going to lose more people from here on out, at least in terms of this season. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of minds might be changing when it comes to, you know, whether Steve Prohm is the right guy for Iowa State in the minds of a lot of fans. Uh, again, I'm not saying a change should be made or will be made. I'm just saying, you know, this is this is kind of where things are trending in the minds of the mm-hmm. fans. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I think maybe. You know, if you're and I would say, and I would say, fans appreciate guys who work hard and put in the time and appreciate what Iowa State is about. And I think Solomon Young is one of those guys. Yep. So here's hoping that he gets back and he can get. I mean, he's a guy who grinds out every minute that he's on the floor and plays with a lot of respect for the game and the fans. And maybe the opportunity to show him some appreciation yeah, for what he's done at Iowa State, yep. and what, what he's battled through to be able to play, might be motivating factor to to keep tuned in and keep connected. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I I, I no, I, I, I'm glad it's not my job to sell people on this Ooh. program. And I'm glad you brought up Solomon Young because that's mm-hmm. absolutely your 100% right, and hopefully he does get back on the floor. Uh, look, I don't think Solomon Young's presence on the floor is going to lead necessarily to uh, a couple of win, a win, or a couple of wins, but it, but he deserves... Yeah, I agree with you. Anyways, Trent, go ahead. Yeah, let's jump over to a uh, little football as basketball. We'll see him against uh, probably... Fired up West Virginia squad tomorrow Played after that tough. loss. Remember that? Was they it did. a Friday night? It was. It was yeah. right before the Fiesta Bowl. 
And John Walters uh, and Eric Heff, they called yeah. it from, no, the Big 12 championship game, yeah, they called yeah. it from Dallas at uh, somebody's home down there. They had a, stu- a studio set up there. Uh, let's jump over here uh, to the football, Dave, and let's start with the staff additions, some of the changes there. Jake Waters coming in, but I think the, the headliner, Mick McCall, not welcome back after just one season. Yeah, that's uh, kind of an interesting move. Uh, he was a guy who yeah, spent exactly one season with uh, Iowa State and uh, is now on his way elsewhere. And I guess, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out for guys. I don't know if it was, you know, Mick McCall's a guy who wasn't who didn't have those deep kind of connections. I mean, so many of these guys on the Iowa State fans go back to Mount Union or mm-hmm. have crossed paths with Matt Campbell or at least one of his top associates somewhere along the way. And, McCall didn't really have that deep of a connection with those guys, so maybe it didn't work out as as well as hoped for him on the staff. And I, I don't want to read anything more into it than that. It's just probably just a situation where everybody decided, you know, we're not entirely comfortable when we can do a little better with, with someone else. So uh, he, uh, you know, gets gets a chance to go somewhere else and find a better situation, I guess, for himself. And uh, Iowa State can can move along. And what's interesting about that too, you know, the other side of it is Neil, Nate Shieldhouse, right. who's been they love him. I think working with he, yeah he's where he worked with quarterbacks when he first came on the staff. He worked uh, he's worked with uh, receivers the last couple seasons, and now he's so he's going to take over both as the running backs coach and and still work with the receiving uh, core as their position coach. That's an interesting division of duties. It's pretty rare in my experience to see a single coach handling multiple position groups. You can see sometimes it's a, a co-coordinator who works with a position group or a coordinator who works with a position group or assistant head coach who works with a position group or things like that where you get an additional title. But it's, it's rare to see those responsibilities of two position groups on one coach. And it'll be interesting to see how Coach Shieldhouse, uh, you know works that out. But you're exactly right when you say they love this guy. And, and there's good reason. He's a guy who kind of gives off that vibe of this is, this is someone who's going to be a head coach someday. Uh, so I think anything they could do to keep him around as long as they can on the Iowa State staff, they're probably going to do. You took the words right out of my mouth, Dave Sproul. If I could buy stock in a guy's career, Nate Shieldhouse is one of those guys I would be purchasing because uh, you're right. He's got head coach uh, in waiting written uh, or somewhere written all over him. Dave, we'll speak with you on Friday. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, Dave Sproul. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Good to talk to you. 14.30 on the AM dial for Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, K-A-S-I in Ames. All right, we're going to switch gears and talk to our friend Brian Walton from thecardinalnation.com. Redbirds got a whole lot better. I guess the trade isn't isn't officially official yet, but it's on the cusp of being. I kind of think Major League Baseball is looking into the Rockies thing. What are you guys thinking? Are the Cardinals now the biggest favorite to win their division in your mind? No. No. Who Who's the biggest? We'll go west. The Padres made Yeah, moves. they did, but it's, okay. All right. That's tighter. Yep. I still would make the Dodgers a favorite yep. and probably but still. You, but yeah, you're right. That's fair because the Padres, yes, true. Yankees, your Blue Jays did a ton. I agree. I'm with And, you. of course, Tampa. Mm-hmm. The White Sox are now the favorite over the Twins, but not a narrow, right? Not a huge. And if Nelson Cruz resigns, does that flip flop? Maybe it does. It's that tight. The National League East: Mets, Braves, Marlins made the playoffs. Mets made some moves. Braves probably, Mm -hmm. but Uh, not significant. mm -mm. I wouldn't think. Mm -mm. Phillies. I think the Nats are going to have a bounce back year. Mm -hmm. And then the American League West. I I don't see anything significant. I like the A's. I like the Astros. 
I think this might be the biggest Astros favorite. Shows, uh, It'll probably. I'm sure the betting market will still say Dodgers uh-huh. over the Padres. You, know, you could be right, Trent. The Cardinals might be the might be the biggest favorite because the Cubs good. are going to stink. Yep, the Brewers are regressing. Gonna tread, yeah, going to tread water. The Reds are having a fire sale. Um, and the Pirates are the Pirates. And the Pirates are the Pirates. And Brian Walton joins us next. 1460 KXNO. One of at com. Hi, Mallory Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO. 106.3 on the FM dial. Brian Walton, the Cardinal Nation. Uh, com joins us. We spend a few minutes on the fleecing that the Cardinals uh, were able to pull off from the uh, Rockies this weekend. Brian Trenton, Ken, Nolan Arenado about to become a Cardinal uh, for three minor leaguers and not the top of the farm system by any means. Uh, good to speak with you, Brian. Um, on a, this, this was just one of these trades, most lopsided trades we're going to be talking about. Brock DeBrolio was a pretty good one, uh, but this one here, Arenado. Uh, for for essentially, well, you tell me, Brian. Um, for essentially what? Well, you, you mentioned uh, can the three minor leaguers, uh, Angel Rondon or or uh, Jake Woodford, starting pitcher types. Um, John Torres, who's a uh, young, really young outfielder, but a power potential hitter, and Luke and Baker, who's a first base lumbering DH kind of guy. But then also uh, the major leaguer that's rumored to be involved in the trade is Austin Comber who's a left-handed starter, who's, you know, a decent pitcher, but he's had a little trouble with home runs in the past, and that's not a good combination for Coors Field. So, but the point being, the three prospects they're giving up are not in the Cardinals' top nine prospects. So the name brands, guys like Libertor and Gorman and Thompson, none of those guys were involved in the trade. So the Cardinals feel really good getting Nolan, uh, getting Nolan Arenado, but also getting $50 million on top right. of it to defer the cost of his salary. It's just crazy. We did finally see a dip in production last year, not just because of the lack of games, but he was dealing with a shoulder injury, shut it down towards the end of the season after Colorado was out of things, making any kind of run even at a wild card. Where is he health-wise? And a guy that is turning 30, this is normally a time you start to see the guys start to go back the other way in terms of production. Yeah, I mean, of course, this time of year, trying everybody's at the, in the best shape of their lives, right? right? Yeah, so, I mean, word right. is that Arenado's worked hard and he's ready to go. And you know, this trade for Cardinals fans reminds them a lot of what happened, uh, you know, early in the prior decade when the Cardinals got Scott Rowland, very disgruntled in Philadelphia. You know, basically at the same stage of his career, a stellar defender, uh, a great offensive player, and a guy who's on track for the Hall of Fame, by the way. And so, you know, I think Nolan Arenado could easily have the same kind of impact in St. Louis as Scott Rowland did, and hopefully without that, that career-limiting shoulder injury that, that Rowland had that you know hurt him later on. Mm. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com, is our guest. Well, Brian, uh, Trent and I both feel that this move in and of itself in, in a division that hasn't done a lot during the offseason, um, that this elevates the Cardinals right to the, uh, to the betting favorite in the National League Central. It was a division that... You know, maybe there was 500, might be uh, 83, 84 wins, might win the division. But I think he's that good, uh, Brian. I really do. And and if the shoulder's behind him, uh, and if they get some pitching, and I believe that the, the Cardinals will, uh, that the Arenado's that good that uh, that it, they instantly become the favorites in the Central. Do you buy that? I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, you know, the, the interesting thing, I think, Ken, is that 
you know, since Paul Goldschmidt joined the team two years ago, there really wasn't been any protection for him in the lineup. So, mm. you know, his walk rates continue to go up as teams continue, you know, pitch him very, very carefully. Well, now you've got two big bats in the middle of the lineup, and I think we're going to see an off. Not only, you know, Arenado will play well, but I think we could see a bump in Paul Goldschmidt's production as well. So, uh, what can you tell us about Yachty? I know there was yeah. a report from John Morrissey, or I think it was over the weekend, that he's going to be re-signing, but I haven't seen anything official. Where are we at with the 38-year-old future Hall of Famer? Well, as everybody knows, the, the careers of, of Wainwright and Molina have been linked forever and, and probably will be forever. Uh, Wainwright came to terms on an $8 million deal at the end of last week. Molina, interestingly enough, is playing in the Caribbean Series, which is a, a series where the, the uh, top teams in the winter leagues in Dominican Republic and Venezuela and, and – uh, Puerto Rico and Mexico and all play in this round robin tournament. And Molina decided to play this year, so he's playing for Team Puerto Rico, which is managed by his brother. And I don't know if he did that to show the other teams that he's ready, but he's not catching at least, so you know, there's probably not risk of injury. But the long-winded way, what I'm getting to here is that once that, that Caribbean series ends, which is going to be next weekend, the view is that then Molina will come to terms with the Cardinals on a one-term contract and be back. And, I mean, if you put Wainwright plus Molina – uh, plus Arenado and, and Arenado's arrival pushes Matt Carpenter into the, the designated hitter role. I think the Cardinals are done for the winter. Yeah, I believe they would be too. Although apparently, is Matt Carpenter maybe going back to the Rockies? If you heard, I've that? heard no rumors. Now you know it's okay. interesting because all along we assumed the Cardinals have said all along we want to do payroll neutral deals. We don't want to do deals where we're going to take on money. We're dropping our payroll year to year. But this $50 million coming from Colorado, if enough of that's front-end loaded, the Cardinals could still pay Arenado, drop the salary without having to send a, a Matt Carpenter or a Dexter Fowler or another bad con- Carlos Martinez, another bad contract to Colorado. Because the, you know we've heard no rumors that any of the, the big major league guys are included in this trade. Uh, Brian, we only have like a couple of minutes left. Apparently the Players Association has until today to respond to the owner's proposal of pushing the season back essentially a month, April the 28th, 54 games, uh, so there'll be some seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, expansion of the playoffs. Uh, apparently, the Players Association, one of their pushback is they don't think it's fair to the pitchers who've begun to get themselves ready for spring training. I think from a fan's perspective, Brian, I think that this checks a lot of boxes. It was a sprint last year. It was fun. It was like anything we'd never seen. I don't want 60 games again, uh, but but a buck 54 works, right? Uh, what, how's this yeah, going to work the- itself out? The issue is money, as it always is, Ken. I mean, what this is about is the expanded playoffs are the area where the players have dug in. I think the 154 and the schedule they could work around, although they want to be paid for 162. You know, the word is that the owners are proposing full pay, but they're not proposing full pay for 162. They're proposing full pay for 154. But the bigger issue is the pay for the expanded playoffs because the proposal supposedly doesn't give the players any more money than they got last year for expanded playoffs, even though this year one would think by October they're going to be able to have full stands or at least much more capacity. So this is about giving up ground. The players aren't ready to do it. And by the way, in the back of our mind is this new um, CBA that's going to be negotiated this year for the next five years. So uh, 